Hi, I'm Craig Ellingson, and welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast for December 18th, 2018. This week, I talked to Hockey Hall of Fame writer Jim Matheson about the Edmonton Oilers, who enjoyed a successful stretch of games under head coach Ken Hitchcock, taking points in 10 of 13 games, eight of them wins, since he replaced Todd McClellan on November 20th. The team finally looked, shall we say, human in Vancouver a couple of nights ago in a 4-2 loss to the Canucks, a team behind them in the standings. While it's important to win such games if you're a team like the Oilers, it is unrealistic to suggest if they do lose, things are horribly wrong. If the Oilers keep lulls and jags to a minimum, they should be able to maintain their status among playoff contenders in the Western Conference. Maddie and I also talk about the goaltending platoon of Miko Koskinen and Cam Talbot, and why it makes sense for Hitchcock to keep using Talbot, who is now Koskinen's understudy, on a regular basis. Well, it had to happen, Matty. The Evans owners lose to the Vancouver Canucks, the team below them in the standings. Uh, and they lost fair and square. The Canucks were the better team. But, you know, I don't think anybody was expecting, or maybe people are expecting the owners to magically maintain their, their pace under uh, Ken Hitchcock before the Vancouver game. I mean, they're 8-2-2 two and two heading in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, keep sustaining that sort of play where we see them basically dominate the game. And, and to the owners' credit, I mean, they were playing a little desperate at the end of the game, and the tables did turn. But for the most part, the Canucks, they owned that game. They were better. And I think part of it is the Oilers played a game against a bad Philadelphia team on Friday. It didn't play all that great, I didn't think. They played about 70% and won the game easily 4-1. to one. And maybe they figured, okay, Vancouver's not that good either. And they played the night before, and we should still be able to beat them with 70%. And it, they needed more than that. Uh, and Vancouver the la- beat the Oilers in Vancouver last year when the Oilers played there. They won the, all the games. Oilers won all the games in Edmonton and it followed suit again last night. The penalty killing was not good, uh, giving up three you know, goals on their penalty kill, and that's the one Achilles for the Oilers, I think, this year. S- s- a lot of stuff has improved, but their, their face-offs are not very good, and they lose the face-offs on the penalty kill, and the other team scored eight seconds in, I think 15 seconds in. That's far too quick on a, on a penalty kill uh, showing that you lose the face off and they move it around and bang it's in the net so getting back to your original point they were due for a loss they played 25 games the last 50 days they played 13 games the last 23 days it's a lot of games they didn't play a lot of games early uh, they had a, a break and everybody else remember they were saying geez you know they come back from Sweden and they had to wait another four days play a game or some teams have played three or four games the owners only played one but they've caught up and that's a lot of games in a short period of time and you know they won some games they maybe shouldn't have won and they lost last night fair and square to a Vancouver team which I thought played better but I think like you know the their lousy penalty kill and their lousy face-offs I mean they think they're 25th as it stands right now after the Vancouver game in uh, penalty kill in the league and they're near the bottom. Uh, they were 29th, 47%, 47 point whatever percent, 47.4 uh, on face-offs. And, of course, you know, they're related in some fashion. 
Well, they're more they're more telling if you're killing a penalty. If you lose the face-offs on the on the penalty kill, the, the teams just throw it around, throw it around, and you're in trouble. The object is to win the face-off, get it bound on the ice, and you kill 20 to 30 seconds because the team has to go back and get it. And if you lose the face-offs on the penalty kill, then that's not good. Connor is, McDavid has is, is never been all that great on face-offs. They're getting better, but he's I don't I don't think he's hit 50% yet. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, Ryan had a had a, a year last year where he improved, uh, but I think he's kind of leveled off. And their best face-off guy is is Kyle Brodziak, as it was. Well, Brodziak and Drysaitel, I guess, are their best two. Uh, but they only have one right shot face-off guy now. Um, they since they traded um, Ryan Strom, so it, it helps to have two rights and a couple of lefts, and that has to improve. You can't. You can't play a season when you're 29th on face-offs and, and hope to have the puck enough. And they need the puck enough because uh, they're not deep enough in terms of scoring uh, to force teams into mistakes. I mean, you know, we pointed out a number of games the owners have been playing over the last month, you know, quite a bit. Uh, they do play... You know, St. Louis here two days after the Vancouver game. Then they do have a bit of a break. The telling game will be Tampa. Sure. Um, before this Christmas break. Before the Christmas break. They didn't play very well against Tampa in Tampa. Tampa won easily. Uh, Tampa's on a road trip. That was the best game of the year last night, Tampa and Winnipeg, 5-4. Um, 88 shots on goal and about 150, you know, total that went wide or blocked or something. So that was... been that was a tremendous game. Tampa's deeper than the Oilers, but that'll be a really good test. But the Oilers are going to be rested. And they should be ready to play that game. So, but that'll be a really good test. And um, you know, the problem with the Oilers now is, as good as they've played, Calgary's playing excellently, and Anaheim's playing really well. They've only lost one game in the last nine or ten, and Vegas is playing really well. So they're not picking up any ground in, t- in their own division. You'd think that they would have, l- you know, leaped over several teams, but but they're not. They're still in the wild card, which is great. But in terms of the division, um, because those three teams keep winning, they're not picking up a lot of ground there. But hey, they're in much better shape right now than they were last year at this time. True. I mean, it's we tend to think back to two years ago, obviously, when the Oilers were in a playoff position. Um, you know, com- comparably to now, I mean, even different times. Um, but I guess the point of you know me bringing up their schedule here, heading into their break, it's five games at home, and they're not playing terribly difficult teams. Um, St. Louis is playing poorly. Vancouver, they got them at home. Now the the Winnipeg game on New Year's Eve will be difficult in the Tampa game, but they're they're well spaced out games, and they've five straight games at home where they have been. You know they've won six in a row at home, so we've always knocked the Oilers for being not so good at home. But they're knocking off those wins now and winning them. I think they've outscored the opposition eighteen to six in these last six home games, so they're winning the home games. And they just have to. They can't. They can't go into one of those four and five game lulls right now, where all of a sudden they don't win a game. And then they're right back into glue again. They just have to keep it, keep it going. Where if nothing else, they're picking up points. They're either winning the game in overtime or, 
or getting a point in, in the games where they don't play so well. And so far they've done that under Ken Hitchcock. I guess that was the point I was trying to think of. Be Thanks for saving me. Um, yeah, as, as they can't you know, let the foot off the gas. St. Louis, as much as they're a team that is underachieving big time, you know they're they're not in, they're nowhere near the playoffs. They're not they're one of the weaker teams in the league right they're now. They're already one of, in the orders need to win that game. Yeah, they're in the boat with L.A. and Chicago, where they're already talking about what trades is this team going to make at the trading deadline. You know, this, as the orders were last year, they're in the same boat as the orders were last year, where they're out of it and they got a long way to go. And uh, they can't let yeah, you're right. They can't let their foot off the gas. They tend to play very well against St. Louis and Edmonton. Don't play so well in, in St. Louis, but they did win the game 3-2 in, in the shootout in St. Louis. So they've already beat them once this year. And it's going to be an interesting game because the coach, Craig Berube, just ripped them uh, after the 7-2 loss, uh, St. Louis 7-2 loss to Calgary at home. No compete, you know, didn't try. The whole team was crappy in the first period. You know, he didn't let anybody off the hook. And that usually means the next game in, they're going to play a heck of a lot harder. Um, but then the Oilers uh, just lost the game too. So I'm sure Ken Hitchcock will reinforce a couple of things. But when you play so many games as the Oilers are, there's no practices. They just play, and then there's an optional practice. There's no real practice. So the things that I'm sure Ken would like to work on a, the penalty kill, the face-offs, getting the one line that, that still has no idea who's on it is, you know, Spooner with Kajula and Reader or Spooner with Zekoff and Ratty. That line hasn't done anything in terms of, of dominating any game that I can see, so he's still got to get that straightened around, but no practice time, just games. And that's like the playoffs where you play every second day no practices but you know in the regular season you have to work on a few things and I think he'd like some practice time so um, but optional and I'm sure there won't be too many players out at the optional today you know compared to last year I mean the orders are in a better spot now but if memory serves the orders were heading into this the same stretch of home games over the Christmas break on a bit of a streak. They, they yeah, won they, a game. Yeah, and they then beat they, Montreal just before Christmas, and they thought, yeah. okay, we're coming around. And then they, the, and then they the, went and the to Winnipeg after Christmas, played a terrific game and lost, and then uh, then the wheels fell off. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I mean, the Oilers weren't in a playoff position at the end of November last year. I mean, technically, they no, weren't this year got back to f- they got back to around five, 500, mm-hmm. in, you know, in sight of anyway, 500, and then they just fell apart. I think they came home and lost 5 nothing to L.A. and 5 nothing to, to Winnipeg. Uh, and then it was all downhill after that. You know, because, you know, the schedule, I mean, no team is a, is a gimme. None. Uh, but they do have Tampa, like we've mentioned, and they have Winnipeg on New Year's Eve. That's still a couple of weeks away. I mean, we can't look too far in the future here. But, you know, Vancouver's here right around the Christmas time. They're the game right after Christmas, if I recall. The schedule, so yeah. Um, again, there's no gimme games, though. Well, there's no gimme games when you're not a Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. You can't take anybody for granted. We're not talking about Tampa or Winnipeg here, or Nashville, um, or the Leafs. We're not talking about a team that's slam dunk slam first dunk. place in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or the Oilers are gonna, trying to get to third in the Smythe or in the 
in the pack eight, as they call it now. Want <laughs> <laughs> to use the football term, pack eight? Mm-hmm. So it could catch on. Yes, it should. So and you know, puck puck eight. You know, I'm sure Ken Hitchcock is reinforcing that. Just keep playing the way you're playing, where the games are closer. They're, they're not as high scoring, and if they look boring at the end of the game, if you've got the win, it doesn't matter. And I'm sure he's going to reinforce that again against St. Louis. We should talk about the Koskinen situation. Well, it's not really a situation. Obviously, he's he is the starting goalie. He hasn't lost a home yet. Chances are Cam Tabot will get the start tomorrow night. He beat him already, St. Louis, this year, so I don't know why he wouldn't and if Ken Hitchcock follows through with his his theory that you need both goalies in the loop but you have to be some sort of rhythm here you can't let a goalie sit for two weeks and not play him uh he did that in Dallas when he, he favored Ben Bishop over Kerry Lettinen understandably so and then Bishop got hurt but he hadn't played Lettinen for a long time and then Lettinen didn't play well and they missed the playoffs so yeah, I mean, he thinks they've got two goalies, and so do I. And I think Cam's Cam's games the last while have been better. Uh, he lost in Winnipeg, but Cam always seems to draw the Jets in Winnipeg. You know, he's he's played Winnipeg twice this year, both times in Winnipeg, and it's tough to keep Winnipeg down to one or two goals. So uh, some of Cam's uh, opponents have been a little tougher than maybe Koskinen's, and you know. When you play at home and you're the starting goalie and you get on a run like Koskinen has, you go into every game thinking, I guess you're only going to give up one or none. And that's pretty much the case. So I thought he showed a little bit of crack in the armor in Vancouver. Uh, The goal that Besser scored leaked through him. And uh, Pedersen's shot was a ripper from... 15 feet over over his glove and and the first one Edler stepped right into it too so a little bit of a crack there uh but if that had been Cam Talbot I know that there's a lot of people in in Oiler Nation would have been saying ah that was a bad goal but when you're Koskinen and you're not giving up much they're saying ah hard shot (laughs) got through him so that's what happens when you're the starter and and the other guy is trying to get his legs under him again yeah because you know Talbot took took his share of heat after the, his last start. I mean, and, and people were saying exactly what you're saying. Oh, if you had Koskin in there. Yeah, suddenly blah, blah, the blah. other guy is so much better. Yeah. This is the same guy who'd played 140 out of, a, you know. Well, he set the record two years yeah, ago. 164 games. Most games started. Started. So you know, suddenly he's, he's perceived to be just a backup. He's better than that. And I think... It's it's a nice challenge for Cam to get his game back, and I think from now until the end of the year, if Talbot starts to play better and Koskinen's game stays good, the Oilers can play any goalie. They're not like a lot of teams where they're crossing their fingers that their starter goes down. If their starter goes down, that's a major drop-off from, from uh, Jake Allen to Jordan Binnington, and said to, to use St. Louis as an example, or Vasilevsky to... You know, Louis Domingue and is his backup in, in Tampa. So the owners are in good shape there. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. 
You can listen to her show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud.